Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Dior and I, the film, the new documentary by Frederick Cheng is um, out today, and you can see this, by the way, at the uh, New Art Theater up in Los Angeles. So I want to let you know, this is a wonderful documentary. Uh, Dior and I brings the viewer inside the storied world of Christian Dior Fashion House with a privileged behind-the-scene look of the creation of Roth Simmons' uh, first hot couture collection uh, as its new artistic director, a true labor of love created by a dedicated group of collaborators, melding the everyday f- pressure-filled components of fashion with the mysterious echoes of an iconic past. The film is also a colorful homage to the seamstresses who serve Simmons' vision. This is a wonderful documentary, and I'm so honored to have with us today uh, the director, uh, Frederick Cheng. Frederick, welcome to Film School. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hi. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. Um, I I have to say at the outset I uh, that this is such a beautiful film to look at. It's uh, I'm just curious as a filmmaker, uh, what was this shot yes. on? What did you shoot this on? What camera? Uh, we shot with the with the Canon C300, which had just come out when we started shooting, and um, you know it's a beautiful camera. It, it you know. It, you can um, change the lenses, and um, yeah. it's it's a little bit like um, the seven D, except much better for video, you know. And um, and so we shot with that camera. It also has a, a beautiful look. It, it sort of looks like an old Bolex camera or something. Yeah. Um, the the body of the camera is a, a very. It looks old fashioned. It looks a little bit retro. Yeah. So it's uh, you know it's one of the only cameras that we could actually use handheld um without having really a rig right um but had a but had a very high definition i don't quality. i don't generally ask that as a first question but just because uh, you shot in all kinds of light you shot all kinds of places <coughs> and it, it looks great everywhere and i and it's, it's an impressive looking film and tell me a little bit about how you got introduced i know you've done some films in the past dealing with the fashion industry i mean you work with um i'm gonna um <coughs> other films so so you have a yeah. background with this, but tell me a little bit about how yeah. you got involved in actually getting it in a ground floor as Ralph uh, Simmons began his uh, his uh, tenure at uh, at the House of Dior. Um, well, as you said, yeah, I've worked on other fashion films, and the, the last one that I've um, I've co-directed was uh, called Dying of Reading, The I Have to Travel. It came out about like three years ago, and. Um, when we presented the film in Paris, uh, we invited uh, some uh, fashion VIPs, and um, someone came to uh, greet me at the end and congratulate me about the film. And uh, it was someone who worked for Dior and who was the head of communication. And we, we decided to um, go for lunch for uh, an- another day, and we decided we started talking about sort of what was going on at Dior and what um, and what uh, what the new designer um, um, was going to um, to be facing, and you know, I realized that Raph Simmons 
it hadn't been nominated yet, but he um, he was in the lead of uh, uh, to take the helm of the house, and so I was very interested, and I kept on asking more and more and more questions, and I could sense that there was an opening, there was a, the you know um, they might they were open to the idea of like bringing in a documentary crew, so you know I just um, sort of pitched my my story, and um, and then a few months later I was. Um, in the room when Raf Simmons arrived. Yeah, um, Raf yeah, Simmons was actually not very keen on the idea of a documentary, so that's an, an, another story also. Yeah. Um, to, to convince him, took a lot of uh, more of a discussions about, you know, what my, um, what, uh, my intentions were with the film and, and my way of working and, uh, and also his, you know, his apprehension of, of the, the idea of being filmed and being on, on the pedestal, being a celebrity, you know, I think it makes him very anxious. Yeah, it's obvious in the film that he, he does have these anxieties about um, being in front of a camera, being sort of put up on this, as you put it, this pedestal of sorts, uh, in, including the, the, uh, the, the runway show, the, the, the big um, the collection, the, the, uh, the showing of the collection. It's obvious he, does, he doesn't seek the spotlight. Uh, was there something that, about the previous films that you had done, or did you sit down with him and have this conversation where he, you really put him at ease? Was, was that a process, or did you feel like he came aboard fairly early? Because you are there at the very introduction of him to the house. Yeah. Uh, and so obviously going in, there must have been some level of comfort for you to be there. But what was that process like for you as a, as a filmmaker dealing uh, with, uh, with Roth Simmons? Well, you know, actually, when I'm when I'm uh, when I film his arrival in, in the house of York, we haven't met yet. We haven't talked face to face yet. Mm. Um, we haven't even talked on the phone. Actually, I sent him a letter um, explaining what the film um, was for me and what you know what I saw in terms of story. And um, I, I mean, I I was pretty clear already that the film was going to be an ensemble cast, and it was not going to be just about him. Mm-hmm. It was going to be about a group of people collaborating on a collection and the creative dialogue that they have. And I think that must have reassured him because he, you know, that took the pressure off of him a little bit in terms of um, appearing, you know, and, and, and being the face of the collection. And that's something that also is totally in line with um, his uh, work ethics. Yeah. You know, he's very keen on collaborating. He takes his collaborators very seriously, and he gives them room to actually um, um, be creative yeah. and um, and bring in their ideas. You know, he's a designer who doesn't sketch. Um, he doesn't sketch his dresses. He collects um, ideas and concepts, and then communicates with his team, and then they sketch, you know, so he has to rely a lot on, on collaboration and uh, inspire other people. And I think we make a, an, a very good distinction here for our listeners uh, in um, talking about Dior and I, the film, uh, by the way, we're speaking with uh, the director, Frederick Chang, uh, about Dior and I, which is out today in theaters documentary, wonderful documentary, but very important distinction you're making here, because the film is certainly, uh, Ralph Simmons is a very important element within the film, but the the what is so 
amazing, what really kicks this film into a whole nother sphere for me is seeing the collaborative uh, effort, the, all the different people involved in putting something like this together. Uh, the people that have been at the, at the House of Dior for 42 years, 38 years, whatever it is, these are amazing artisans, amazing work that they do. It's really fun to watch them work. Um, was there was there a kind of a learning curve for them getting used to you being there? Was that part of this? Uh, because they're such an important part of the film. Um, yes, they were they were a little shy at first, but we really took it upon ourselves to get to know each and every one of them. So we would go from table to table and just um, introduce ourselves and try to learn everyone's name and you know, there are a hundred people, so it wasn't easy. Yeah. But it really broke the ice because we really, they, we showed that um, we were there to stay. You know, I think they're, they're, they're used to camera crews um, coming in very quickly and getting B-roll. Yeah. And when when they realized that we were coming um, day after day, they started uh, letting down their guard and, and, and you know, thinking that uh, we were probably there um to look seriously at what they were doing. Yeah. Well, I, I want to talk a, a little bit uh, about the the two women who are sort of the uh, the leaders of, if that's a correct way to put it, but they certainly seem to be a very, very integral, important part of the uh, production yeah. of a collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, help me here. Monique? Am I? Yes, that's right. Monique and Florence. Beautiful. Really and and again, you know, I'm going to say this because I'm not, you know, people who've seen me dress know that I'm no maven of, of, of fashion here by any stretch. And But I have to tell you, this film is interesting and, and engaging and entertaining if you don't care anything about fashion at all. I mean, it's just a fun thing to watch in terms of uh, watching all of these very in, intricate and involved moving parts begin to kind of come together around this collection it, it's really fun to watch um and these Thank two you. women are yeah well, you're welcome and these two women are so important in the in the story so um tell me a, a little bit about for our people who uh, for our listeners who aren't familiar with the fashion industry and the sort of internal workings tell me what their role is in in, in putting this collection together um well they are everything to this collection really. <laughs> i mean they they um, represent the tradition, and they. Some of them have been there for you know decades, and 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 um, that's how the the tradition is being passed on. You know, from the the older sensors or sensors to the younger ones, and uh, it's the heart and soul of the the house, really. Yeah. And um, you know, someone said something very interesting in the film. They say, you know, the direction, the the um, the designers come and go, but the atelier always remains there, and that's what creates the continuity. Yeah. Um, so they, I mean, they stitch every stitch of, you know, those custom-made dresses, and they spend sometimes hundreds of hours on one garment um, for the show and then and then for the private client. So it's a, it's a little bit of a lost art and um, a world um, in itself that's, you know, um, everyone's wearing white lab coats and, and um, <laughs> the rooms are all white except for the for the fabrics so you know it's a, it's a little bit of a um, 
wonderland, you know. It is. It, it is. And in the few minutes, I really feel like I've neglected some very important elements in your film, uh, Dior and I, and that is uh, the history behind Dior, which you get into um, post-World War II establishment in 1947, his impact on fashion, and... and um, I mean, why, and why it matters, why fashion matters. I think a lot of people just assume, you know, they don't know, they don't understand that how this sort of fits into, um, if you will, the fabric of all of our lives um, and how important it is and what the impact that Christian Dior had on it, as well as your technique of sort of pulling uh, the, the memory, the, 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 the feelings, the, the, uh, the thoughts of D- uh, Christian Dior into the film. Now, I love that device that you used in it. But very quickly... The importance of fashion. Why does it matter? Um, Andy Warhol said, um, "I'm deeply superficial," and I feel like fashion is <laughs> fashion is a little bit like that too. <laughs> you know, it's superficial in the sense that it's it's what we wear on the surface, um, and it's everything is about an image. And um, at the same time, it tells a lot about who we are and what we want to communicate with other people. Yeah and what our society is is about. You know, like Diana Vreeland said, uh, you can sense the arrival of a revolution in, in fashion, yeah. in clothes. Yeah. You know, so it's um, it's very interesting to me, and, and, and there are many ways to um, approach fashion. I think too, too often um, there are stereotypes that are being reinforced about fashion, you know, and uh, I think with this film, we tried to turn the table uh, on the stereotypes a little bit and, and, and show the labor of love, you know, the actual creative process that goes on behind behind the scenes. Yes. So, you know, that's, uh, that was sort of the approach that we wanted to take because there are some beautiful artisans and artists in fashion, and I think that should be acknowledged. And it there is, and again, uh, the, sort of the appreciation of the people that generally work behind the scenes, uh, who are just wonderful people, wonderful subjects for your film. Um, I just felt so uh, so positive about th- this film, and you know, Dior and I, just everything about it. Uh, and I really, in the last minute I have with you, I want to uh, underscore the, one of the ways in which you brought bring people in uh, to this film. And as I said, sort of introducing Christian Dior's thoughts and his images in a way that reflect through the through the decades to today. I think was a, a, a wonderful device that you used in here. As, Thank you. Yeah, as well as. Because it does give this film context. It just it it gives it. It goes from being a very interesting document. Yeah, it goes from being a very do- interesting documentary about putting a collection together to some to the to a, a sense of gravitas, a sense of history and context that uh, that it this really adds to it. But also, I recommend people uh, go out and seek out if you're if you've got a soundtrack album out uh, for um, for uh, this <laughs> film. The the music is just fantastic. Uh, that you brought in and, you, and yeah. yeah really nice Just stuff we worked pretty hard on selecting uh, minim- minimal electronic music you know we have everyone from like the knife to apex twin to plastic man to the xx we've i mean we've had access to like amazing musicians i have to say a lot of it is thanks to uh Raph Simmons because he's got such a, an, an incredible following you know in the in the art world and in the music world yeah um, that uh, people were happy to give us music. 
And then on the other hand, I have a beautiful score by Hyung Kim that was composed for the film and that takes you um, along with the, you know, the, the archival footage of Christian Dior and sort of like the, the, the theme from the past. So we, didn't, we do not have a soundtrack for now, but if you go, there is a Spotify playlist that you can access through our Facebook page. Um, Joe and I, um, if you type in Joe and I in, in Facebook, you'll, you'll get to our Facebook page and then you, you can get to our Spotify page. Well, I recommend it because, again, and you know, high five your the, your music collaborator on this because it's one of those things where uh, it fits perfectly with the the what we're seeing on screen. I really, I I was I was I heard the music, but I wasn't distracted by the music. It added to certain parts of the film in ways that really, I mean, really, it again. This is a whole kind of. Uh, sensory experience to see this. It's a beautiful film to look at. Very interesting people involved in it. Uh, Roth's, you know, this sort of gamble that he takes on this first collection uh, and how that plays out. It, it's a very engaging film and this is really a fantastic documentary. Uh, and uh, I, I just... Again, even if you're not a big fashion person, so to speak, it's just a fun documentary to watch. And, and congratulations on a beautiful film, uh, Frederick. Thank you. Cheng, uh, thank you so much for being here on Film School. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. You are so welcome. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.